Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up? This is Guys with Bibles. Welcome to the Shark Tank of Theology. <laughs> I'm with what the world? Lee, Lee and Sean. I'm Scott. So I'm just gonna <laughs> you ruined nice everything. <laughs> you ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Welcome to the Shark More Tank like of Sharknado. Theology. Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome. that movie was better than expected. It'll, it'll hold up. It'll hold up in 10 years. I've never even <laughs> seen that movie. Anyway. I can't tell you what any of that's about, but I'm guaranteeing Sean has watched it. I have. A couple times. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. I'm Sean, by the way. And I'm Lee. No one cares. I already cares. introduced you. <laughs> I already introduced you, too. You know, I'm way ahead of you guys. You know, what's... <laughs> Scott just wants to get right into Ephesians, but we have a big announcement, don't we? We have a we have a big announcement. So Lee's engaged. <laughs> um. No, but single reformed ladies of Twitter hit me up. <laughs> All three of you. Yeah. Are you supposed to be using guys with Bibles as a dating? You know, any follower of ours will see I have not used it in that in that way, and I'm proud to say so. You're, that's too bad. I've been taking advantage. <laughs> I'm working above board here. So we have a big announcement. We've been invited to join the Bar Network of Podcasts. And I'm we pretty were sure we said yes, right? Did we say yes? I think we were still yes. talking yes. to our agent just to just to clear up all yeah. the details of the contract. But but we're in. Now we're in. We're in we're in for good. We're really excited. Yeah, I mean, the money and the benefits <laughs> couldn't turn it down, you know. <laughs> the, the glitz and the glam and the fashion, man. Yeah, you have no idea. I am so. wearing some bar but, gear right now as we record, so it has kind of worked out for me. But So, and the other podcasts on the Bar Network are the Pastor's Discussions podcast. Uh, what is it? Tr- Truth and Truth Fire. Truth and Fire. Mario Esco Live. We got we got Mario Esco Live. Just and we thinking got just podcast. Thinking. And then of course the bar. And then of course the bar podcast. So they're knocking it out Give of the Give those park. a listen. They're great. We've been big fans Boom. of what the the bar network's been doing for a long time, so we're just tickled to death to be part of it now. So big thanks to Dwayne for for uh, inviting us on and Thank you, Dwayne. 
We love you. We can't wait to. I don't know what we're gonna we'll do. See, we'll see. What, we'll see what we're gonna keep doing. What we're doing. We're gonna continue doing what we're doing, and uh, we're yeah. just happy to be part of that group. We've yes. got more friends now. Quite an we're honor. We're so blessed. It's yeah. nice to have friends. So yeah, I wouldn't know. There's that awkward silence again. <laughs> um, that was where your chair should have squeaked. It's like a. Yeah. You know, we in in that like awkward silence, we need to play like. Um, Twilight Zone music. (laughs) That might be able to be arranged. All right. Dude, that might. All right. So now we're going to be jumping into Ephesians 2. We're on verse 4. We're just going to go ahead and start from there. Let's start. Oh, Lee, did I tell you I got your ink? (gasps) Did you? Good. Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, I did. Got two full bottles. Awesome. Lily thought it was mommy's essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> you knew, you know, you grew up in a Christian home when your dad's art guilt ink comes in the mail and you think it's your mom's essential oils. I was like, no, this is not mommy's snake oils. <laughs> and no, no one was healed by these oils. So, <laughs> but, but boy, do they smell good. I'm sure. They smell like straight turpentine. I'd rather, <laughs> ugh. to be honest, I hate the smell of the oils. <laughs> I walk into the house and I just like, I'd rather smell a house full of cats. <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. Uh, I have one. And everyone's like, everyone's I'm telling, like, oh, I'm telling oils Alex. Smell so That's good. So and I'm like, I'm like, these oils smell like butt. I don't know who you, is your guys' nose broke? But I can't. I want to, like, cry because my <laughs> eyes are watering. And she's got these, like, little air misters going off right next to the chair and everything. And I'm just, like, choking. And then she's rubbing it on the girl's feet counterclockwise. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know? And I'm thinking, dear Lord, how long? How long, oh, Lord? Must you I know, suck some of those this? oils are dangerous to pets. <laughs> It hasn't killed any of mine oh. yet. I've been waiting. You should have you should have rubbed the hamsters in some of those and seen what happened. Dude, I released all the hamsters out into the yeah, wild. I heard about that. Literally out my front door Go, be and free. they came back. Go feed of Oh, they came back? Just one. Oh. But out of out of 40, you know, it brought one you good luck. Back. No, I was <laughs> furious. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And then my daughter, she's like, it's a Christmas miracle. Here's a miracle for you. I'm throwing this hamster out. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do this. It's like a Hallmark st- movie happening in your house. Oh, oh man. Because we get these hamsters. Okay. And I told my daughter, I said, look, if you want these hamsters, you're going to have to take care of them. What happens? You take I'm care changing the litter. I'm feeding these stupid things. I'm playing with them. Then I get obsessed with them, you know? <laughs> and I start buying tunnels for them and all these tubes. And it looks like a hamster circus. The Stinking, hamsters became the I'm new like, Gundam. Oh, man, it was terrible. And I'm like, this is taking over my life. I need to I need to stop. <laughs> and then they had babies. And there was like 24 of them. Oh, my And word. I almost lost my mind. 
I mean, you come up and the hamster cages just stink because they pee all over. They're just they can't control peeing, it. pooping machines. They're ridiculous. And uh, I'm like, nope, I ain't doing this. I am new way. You know, so I gave three to Sean. I fed some to snakes. And then uh, some got the ability to play Survivor out in West Liberty. So I don't know. <laughs> feed a feral cat <laughs> you know but i think the cats are scared of the hamsters probably should those be. hamsters are huge those hamsters are straight bugs and they're probably emboldened from living inside and having been served <laughs> right dude the one that came they're back they're like little millennial rodents they yeah little, little snowflakes dude the one that came back looked so rough looked like it was Rambo <laughs> you know, from Last Blood, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm like, this is insane. But anyway, so Ephesians 4, enough about hamsters. They're stressing me out. <laughs> so I don't right. I don't have a NASB in front of me. I actually have a CSB in front of me tonight. So it is something yes! I was not gonna. I wasn't gonna confess it, but I figured I needed to confess it. So, Scott, would know you may have to read it in order to maintain our Nasby only stance on this podcast. I would. I would know immediately. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so verse four um, starts out with, "But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ." By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Stop. Wow, that is a um, sentence. Yeah. My word. We're going to be on this for like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take it, like, one clause at a time. Three episodes later. <laughs> but so, anyways. The, oh, Sean, go for it. What? So uh, go, uh, drop it on us. Uh, um, the two words that start verse four make... Literally, if those words weren't there, the Bible would have a much different outcome. Uh, but God. So. But God. Yes. We are on our own, completely. We are already condemned. Uh, if you read John three sixteen and read a little past it, um, to get the full context, we are already condemned on our own. And there's nothing we can do about it. Absolutely nothing. But God, being rich in mercy, saved us. So it's a big deal. Those two words make everything different from what it would be. And I think it's also important to explain the difference between grace and mercy. What mercy is, is God 
not giving us what we actually deserve. And grace is kind of on the flip side of that. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of it totally, like totally makes sense. They they work together, but because mercy, not the same yeah, thing. like you said, mercy is not getting the bad, the bad, um, the judgment, the the punishment that you deserve for being a sinner. But grace, yeah, is, God is, is merciful in that He does not send us to hell, right? And He is gracious in giving us. salvation through jesus christ that we that we didn't deserve and we couldn't earn right and i think yeah i think we don't deserve that but he gives it to us anyway so it's an that's a really important difference between the two words and the concepts behind them so what so what really emphasizes is verses one two and three is what emphasizes this but god um where it says and you were dead in your transgress your trespasses and sins you formally walked according to this world. Um, you were um, of the of the power of the prince of the air, um, sons of disobedience, um, among two who lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in our desires, the flesh of our minds. Um, we were nature by nature children of wrath, and then all of a sudden you have it was it was two full but, sentences of bad news. Yeah, I mean, it's just showing man's total depravity completely in verses 1, 2, and 3. And then all of a sudden, grace yeah. comes. And you can't, okay, you so can't you appreciate have, the grace, the, the good news, the gospel, until you've heard the bad news. Exactly. It's, it's like law and gospel. Law and gospel go together. If you don't get the law, then you won't understand the gospel. And if you don't understand the gospel, you're not going to understand the law. You need the two to coexist, which they do. Um, and right here, grace, mercy, and our transgressions. Um, so our total depravity before we were called by God. And this is where effectual calling comes into play. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, so obviously we were dead, dead to sin, and we were completely enslaved to our own sins, our desires, our lustful hearts, our filthy minds. Um, so so this is this is where we are. We're our federal head in Adam, we were cursed, just like Adam. And then all of a sudden it's grace. And he goes, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him. And I believe this goes with like Romans six. Every time I hear this, so like you were raised up with Christ, and that which you were dead in your sins baptized and raised from the dead. I mean, it, it just, I love these verses going down through here. Yeah. And that's a great part about being Baptist is when you get to see somebody get baptized by immersion, you, you actually get, you actually get to see like a visual of dying with Christ and being raised back up out of the water, being raised up with Christ. And it's, uh, 
it's it's a great reminder for not just the person being baptized, but the pastor doing the baptizing and the congregation watching the baptism. So it's pretty phenom. You don't get that with a sprinkle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think so I I think this is um so when I say like Romans six, um I'm just going to share a story, you know. I'm going to share something. Um, I, th- I think I preached over Ephesians 2 and 10, 2, 1 through 10. Um, I can't remember. I I almost think I did, but maybe I didn't. You um, did because I have that Bible that you preached out of and your notes are in it. Did I? Yeah. The silver line? Mm. The silver Ooh. line. The silver one of my favorite um, so we have yeah. to do an episode about uh premium bible bindings and nerdiness we need to do that. <laughs> i really want to talk about that anyway sorry right. go ahead tell us about your sermon so, i'm not going to talk about my sermon but anyway so paul paul here is emphasizing that you were dead in your trespasses and sin, trespasses and sins Paul is basically, he uses the phrase to bring home the more effectually um, general idea of the doctrines of divine grace here. Um, he, he reminds them of their former condition. This is basically application. It really contains two parts. Um, you were formerly lost. But now God, by his grace, has rescued you from destruction. And I, I think that's what Sean was getting at. I mean, you were saved from God's judgment. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, and which is eternal. I mean, to spend eternity separated from God is enough punishment for anybody, which is what we deserve. Um, and here, we must observe the two parts the apostle here is making— um, and he breaks it into a style of transposition. Um, as to the first, he says that they were dead and states at the same time the cause of the death is trespasses and sins. Um, he does not mean that they were in danger of death, but he declares that it was a real and present death under which they labored. Um, as spiritual death is nothing else than an alienation of the soul from from God. Um, we are all born as dead men, and we live as dead men until we are regenerated and made alive in Christ by the works of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I don't, I don't think we truly understand this, and I don't think we understand man's total depravity. Um, with our spiritual separation from God from the beginning when Adam and Eve committed the first sin. Um, like I said, Adam being our federal head, we have inherited the original sin. Um, just as, as if the whole team, if one messes up and causes a foul, the whole team gets penalized. Right. I mean... Um, you don't escape it just because like, it wasn't you who uh, who made the, right. made the problem or made the mistake or right. committed the sin. Exactly. Romans 5.12, therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Um, we walk with the course of this world ba- 
as Paul's going to state here, we walk with the course of this world and are death to sin. Um, here, listen to a few verses I jotted down. Um, John 8, 34, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is slave of sin. Romans 3, 9 through 12 is both Jews and Greeks are all under sin as it is written. There is none who understand. There is none who seek for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. And there is none who does good. There is not even one. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Um, so so basically what, what we're trying to get here through basically 1 through 10, verses 10, is basically what is the doctrine of man's depravity and why is it important when we're reading the Bible? Um Understanding that man can do nothing to bring himself to God, but is in fact dead to sin and transgressions and walks a dead man separated from God until the divine grace and mercy elects the sinner to himself. But that's exactly right. There are all these threads about the sinfulness of man. They all kind of culminate, in my mind, they all kind of culminate in this passage because I think this is one of the clearest um, passages where the gospel is presented, because we see the sinfulness of man, which we previously saw in the first three verses, or which would be the first two sentences of this chapter. But then we also see the holiness and goodness of God, which is what we're talking about now. And then we're seeing uh, what what God has done for sinful mankind. Um, and and we can't. We can't have the gospel without both of those things. So we need to know how bad we are so we can make sense then and understand, fully take in the impact of what Christ did for his people. In dying on right, and right. not just dying on the cross, but living the righteous life as only the God man could, then dying the death he didn't deserve, but we deserved instead. And then only by knowing that can we really understand the impact of the resurrection and only by knowing that we can understand and really grasp what the ascension is all about. Right. And it all it all starts here for me at least. This is a, a really important uh, passage for me. And verse four is a really powerful. Um, of course, it, you know it's kind of nestled right in the middle of this passage, and it's like you said, Sean, with the but God, you can kind of feel the the turn. In the, not only the content and in, in what Paul's going to say, but even the whole spirit of what he's been saying changes. The, the mood of the passage changes. Because it's been doom and gloom for the first three verses about how terrible we are, <clears throat> and not only us, but all the world. We're all on the same level. We're all dead in our sins and trespasses, and we delight to do the things that dishonor God. But then God... Because he's rich in mercy, he's not running out of mercy. He has an overabundance of mercy. And he loved he loved us even when we were dead in those sins and transgressions. And those sins and transgressions exactly. are what R.C. Sproul called cosmic treason. So God actually loved um, people who were traitors. 
because we were yeah. made to be, I mean, we carry God's image, but we were made to be in communion with God. And like you said, Scott, in our federal head, Adam, we tossed that aside and decided that we would, we thought we were a better God for ourselves. Um, and, and God loved us through that and in Christ reconciled us. That's why we can yeah, say that's, we that's were dead in our transgressions, and he made us alive together with, with Christ. You know, Paul is exactly. a good enough writer. He, he knew how to turn that concept on its head. Yeah, you're dead now. You're dead in your sins, but in Christ, you're alive again. And in fact, more alive than, than you thought you were. Because we might be alive in the body, but spiritually dead. But once you're spiritually alive, you experience life in a completely different way having true spiritual joy and being connected with the Father and then having connection with the church. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a better life, not, not only eternally, but even now. Exactly, exactly. So in verses 6, basically you just went over verses 5 and 6 pretty much. Pretty much. Um and when you get into verse six is good though too. So when, yeah, when you get into verse six and it says, "and you, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus," God gave us over to to Jesus. He he said, "They are yours." And I mean, we are children and sons of God, but He gave us to Christ. We are now Christ is our Lord. Um, which I which I find interesting. I can't remember who I was reading this. Um, I think it was was it Frame? I think it was Frame in his systematic theology, um, where he said uh, we were children, uh, sons and daughters of God, but God gave us to Christ, which I I thought was really confusing at first, and then. It made kind of, it made some sense. It's kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around. <clears throat> right, and I mean, understanding the Trinity is is difficult enough. I mean, you're speaking of the same person, you know, not the same person, but God the Father gave us to God the Son, which one being yeah. three persons. Yeah. One being three persons. <clears throat> As it's, humans, it's, we have one being and one person. So we can't yes. get the grasp the concept of somebody having one being but three persons, but that is the Trinity. Hmm. Uh, I like the the already but not yet aspect in verse six. So we talk about the kingdom of God as being as already but not yet, because we know God's kingdom doesn't end. It never it hasn't begun and it will never end because it's eternal. God is king of all. But in our in our time our lived timeline we are awaiting the kingdom to fully come that's why we pray the words that we pray in the lord's prayer for instance your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because right now we don't see the kingdom in its fullness even though the kingdom exists right. but it hasn't been inaugurated um in our in our time so to speak. Now, here's the here's the big question. Yeah, I know. Is Here Christ, we come post mill. Is Christ reigning right now? Yeah, he always has. 
Okay, so 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 he is in reign. He's reigning in the throne. Now is is his enemies put in subjection under his feet right now? Well, yeah. Welcome to Post Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of you, Lee. I knew you were baiting me, man. I I remained silent. I went with so it to make you happy. I could hear. <laughs> but uh, what I mean here in verse six is that even though we are not reigning with him, we already are, spiritually speaking. Like it's as much of a done deal, our glorification right now. It's as if it it has already happened in our experience, because that's that's the power of salvation. It's not something that can just be given up right. uh, or taken away based on circumstances. Uh, that are up to us or maybe not up to us. But the fact... Which gets into the perseverance of the saints. Yeah, big time. It's a sure thing. And and God God's not a, a gift taker backer. <laughs> he doesn't take oh, back his that good rem- gifts. That reminds me, I was reading through... Continue to talk. I was reading through Psalm 89, and it said... Kind of reminded me of what we're talking about right now. Psalm 89. Yes. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out what verse to start at. I'm ready for some psalm time. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to start at verse 29. It's kind of a long psalm. but yeah, It is. Um, I'm, I'm not going to read the entire thing. Starting at verse 29, I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as heaven lasts. If his sons abandon my instruction and do not live by my ordinances, if they dishonor my statutes and do not keep my commands, then I will call their rebellion to account with the rod, their iniquity with blows, but I will not withdraw my faithful love from him or betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or change what my lips have said. Once and for all, I have sworn an oath by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His offspring will continue forever. His throne like the sun before me, like the moon established forever, a faithful witness in the sky. So that kind of goes along with what you were saying. If God's made a promise and God says it right here, I will not lie. He cannot lie. He's made a promise. He's made he's made these covenants and these covenants are eternal and always standing. They will never fall. So, but yeah, I wanted to throw that Psalm 89 in there. I, I made a note of that earlier when I was reading that. It's a good thing to know. Cause that's something that a lot of people in the church struggle with is that idea of perseverance of the saints. Some will call it once saved, always saved, as in you say the little prayer when you were a kid, and then you can go yeah, live however you yeah. want, but you got your ticket punched no, that's then. that's not how it works. By no means. It's totally not how it works. That's that's the actual, that's the thing that, yeah, that's the thing that Paul says, uh, no, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not what we're talking about at all. That's hogwash. Yeah. Pish posh. Nice that's try. Kind of- that's kind of the Corinthians. You're going to have to were... work out your salvation for the rest of your life. Yeah. And guess what? It's going to be a struggle. I don't want that to be. Yeah, I don't want that it, to be it on ain't me. Easy. 
exactly. I mean, if salvation if salvation depended upon the individual, they would fail. Immediately. No one would go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, we'd be dead. No that's one why, would get saved. That's exactly why God said, don't worry, I'll take care of this. <laughs> you obey me. I'll take care of your salvation. And that's why Christ came and he died. He took care of our salvation. He took care of us um, being redeemed and restored back to God. He took care of the, the law us trying to fulfill the law. He didn't eradicate it. He just fulfilled it because he says, you you can't fulfill it. You can't even live up to one standard of the law. And even if you were to live out the law perfectly, you would still fail because the law doesn't save you. Exactly. No one takes his sheep from him. Nobody. No, he'll leave the 99 to get the one that's lost. And they're still safe. And they're still safe. And guess what? Do you know what he does to that one that was lost? He goes out, he finds it, and he snaps its legs. (laughs) And puts it over his shoulders. And here's the thing. So when a shepherd goes out and finds a lamb that has strayed away from the flock, he breaks their legs that way, when he carries them on their shoulder, they become dependent upon him for everything, and they will never stray. Do you know I saw Didn't shepherds that, in Bethlehem you? once? Uh-huh. What was it? There were shepherds in oh, Bethlehem when I was there. When I was there. I thought we were going to get to Florida. You asked Florida for it. One. No, real deal. And they had cool sweaters. Oh. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, oh, yeah, they were wearing some pretty cool-looking sweaters. No kidding. Yeah, I yeah, thought they, they were, were like these yep. long robes with no undies. Nope. <laughs> nope. Gird your loins. You have a very like a primitive man. view, my friend. I'll send oh. you a picture. It's pretty cool. It is the 21st century. Yep. yep. And they're still herding sheep pretty much the same way. If it ain't broke, Except don't with fix it. Sweaters. I guess, yeah. That's pretty crazy. And I like how, so speaking of shepherds, so when we speak of, so like in Ezekiel where it talks about luscious green grass, yada, yada, and um, we're talking about a shepherd leading his flock. In Israel, there is no luscious green grass. It's grass a little bit here, a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah, the green grass doesn't last very long. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much in full bloom for sheep a, few, depended, a few weeks, and then it's yeah. it's dried out again. Yeah, the sheep depended on the shepherd to lead them to pasture where they could feed. Yes, right. And and it's just like when chapter two of Ephesians started out. A lot of people have a problem with the. Oh, most people have a problem with the doctrine of total depravity because they don't want to hear it. They they. they they think they're a good person, and they're not. But the a lot of being people moral like, doesn't make you a good person, right? And but, we're not, and we're not saying that you are totally evil, where you're totally bad. You're not as yes, bad as you could be. 
when it comes to yes. you're condemned under the law yeah. without you're condemned Christ. already you've been cursed that's it there's no getting out of it until you have been reborn and resurrected in Christ but yeah and it's Paul delivers that in in what verses one through three. He he tells us who by what standard we actually are, what what we really are before God, not to put us down, but in order to point us at, to Christ, in order to make us dependent on the one that can get us out of that. It's, he's the only way that we can get out of that. And and that's what the law is for. The law shows you what you really are. That you're nasty. And and, and you hate yes, God. And he, it points you and it points you to Christ. And the law can't save you, but it will point you to the person that can save you. Yeah, it yeah, it kind of so. does those two things because it it grounds you in the reality of just how nasty you are and then it you know, when you realize that, then it it points you to Christ. Because if you look at the law to try to save yourself, you you won't do it. Because you break one small part of it, you've broken the whole thing. So right. the as soon only as you wear that first polyester cotton blend <laughs> shirt, you're out of town. <laughs> that first bite of uh, shrimp paella or sweet sweet bacon, uh, you're out. Meat candy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's hellfire. But no, yeah, not, not under grace. Exactly. And and it's a it's a beautiful thing. And so Paul, you know, here, you know, uh, we have to keep being being uh, beaten down because you live and you end up forgetting the bad things about yourself. And we have a tendency to go on and on and and perhaps not live the life of repentance that we're called to live. But continually remembering the balance of law and gospel, you're reminded of your own ongoing sin, your own war against sin in your own body, and you're reminded of the grace of Christ that has saved you and is sanctifying you now and is leading you on toward glorification. So keeping that balance of law and gospel is is kind of at the heart of this passage and um, a lot of the Bible, too, because we only know the glory of God when we realize our own sinfulness. Right, you, you're never going to understand that you need a Savior until you realize how sinful you actually are. Yep, yep. And that's how, like it says in verse 7, that's how Christ, or that's how God might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ. Because that, exactly. that bright diamond of His grace shows against the, the knowledge of our sin like black velvet behind a uh, diamond under a... Uh, now I have that storm. song stuck in my head. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Yep. I thought you needed an earworm. So yeah, I just say glow ray and hey man to all that. Yep. Should we stop there? Yeah. yeah. We got through a sentence, you so guys. Scott, I'd, I'd like to start on verse 8 in the next episode. I think that's... That was my plan as well. So. Are you uh, are are you planning to go through this uh, precept upon precept? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny Mac. Here a little and there a little. <laughs> All right. So, where can they find us? 
I'll go. Do your duty, So Sean. you can <laughs> you can go to guyswithbibles.com, check out our blog there and our uh, podcast feed, or you could jump over to iTunes or Google Play or like the billion other podcast things that we're on and uh, just search Guys With Bibles and you can subscribe and maybe leave us a five-star rating if you so desire. And you can jump over to the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search Guys With Bibles. And if you want to send us an email directly and ask questions, have comments, whatever you would like, uh, you can send it to guyswbibles at gmail.com. And Lee, where would they go if they want to find other podcasts? I'm so glad you asked. Um, You really should check out the Bar Network family of podcasts, starting with The Bar, which is Dwayne's interview-style show, which is always great. Uh, Check out Just Thinking, which has two um, really amazing hosts, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, Omaha, and uh, (laughs) talking about issues of the day and thinking deeply and um, very concertedly about the big topics. Those are kind of the big flagship podcasts, but you really should check out also Mario Esco Live and Truth and Fire, Pastor Discussion. Um, it's a it's a great network. Once again, we're happy to be part of it, and I hope that uh, all those listening to us will check them out if they haven't already. All right, and we are guys with Bibles. Thank you for being a part of the Shark Tank, and we're out. <laughs>